so excited about next steps and what God's going to do in it and through it and, and to us as a church. And I say this in the video that we're going to watch as we do next steps, the 13th, 20th and 27th. If I could change anything I've ever done in launching a church, this would be it. We would launch the church with next steps, not try to figure it out. 20 years in. And hey, you know, this year um, we're going to celebrate our 20th birthday as a church. Amen. And so, hey, I'm excited about what God does when we turn 20 years old. But with that, uh, when we turn 20, it's like we're starting all over. Amen. We're starting all over. And so your pastor, I've been here uh, and launched the church. And the only person who's been to more services at this church than me is my mom, because I'd be gone on mission trips and she'd still be home. So she really has been to more church services here than I have. But I'm going to sit here right here on the front row with everybody because this is a whole, basically I'll say it like this, a whole church relaunch and the only thing we're not changing is the name. And so you get to get in on the ground level of what TWBC is about to become for the next 20 years of ministry. And I'm believing it's going to go exponential in what God is going to show us uh, about you and about the church and how the church culture is not based on a pastor any longer, but it's based on you. The outward expression of the heart of TWBC. So next steps, it's your spiritual orientation into your fulfillment of what God has called you to do and who he's called you to be and how you can do that right here with us at the Way Bible Church. And so we're so excited about what God is going to do on the 13th, 20th, and 27th, all right? And that's awesome. And I love the combination that Heath gave us for that. And so it's all going to start out, though, because we're not just going to jump into this like, woohoo, build a bunch of momentum, build a bunch of hype, because it's not momentum. It's not hype. We're going into this with the Spirit of God all over it. And that's why I want to talk today about 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning January 6th. And so if you would open up your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew this morning, the Gospel of Matthew and also um, Daniel chapter number 1. So we're going to look in Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 16, and then Daniel chapter number 1. And then I'm just going to go all over the map for the next 12 minutes, okay? I'm going to go all over the map for the next 12 minutes. And so with that, I want you to follow along because I'm going to lay out some things about fasting that, that I want you to know as you enter into this fast. And why do we fast as a church? Why do you fast as an individual? It's basically like this. It's your modern day detox of getting rid of all the dependencies that you depend on in the world and start depending and relying on God again in a way that you would never do it unless you set out time to do it. And so that's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. What did Jesus have to say about fasting? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, he says this. It says, and when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. And so is it for us in, in church in the year 2018, in the year 2019? Absolutely. But here's how it's done. Fasting in today in the New Testament is done and empowered by the grace of God, not by a works or religious mentality of I must do. Because when Jesus' disciples were questioned about fasting, he said, there's no reason for them to fast because I'm still here right now. The bridegroom's still here, but there's going to be a day when I go and then they'll need to fast. And so God is calling us as a church to fast, to consecrate ourselves, to set ourselves apart, to seek his face, to what Pastor Damon said. We're running after God. He's not just running after us. Amen. We want to experience him. And so, and when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites do. So if you're fasting and looking sad, you're already a hypocrite. <laughs> That's what it said. 
Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites because fasting should not be this, oh my God, this is the worst miserable thing in my life. And, and, and a few months back, I went on a 40-day fast where I just drank water. And, and you know what? My, I've talked to my wife about this several times. The funny thing was, I got more criticism from believers and more encouragement from non-believers. Because non-believers stopped and they say, I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. In fact, pastor, I think it's weird, but here's what I do. I respect the fact that you're willing to live out your faith in a way we've never seen it before. And people in the body of Christ said, well, I think you're going to die. Do do you got cancer or something? Pastor, you just look bad. And I would tell them what was going on. They're like, well, I don't know if you've heard God. I got more encouragement from people who don't know Jesus than from people who do know Jesus. But I'm telling you this. We as the body of Christ are going to come together from January 6th all the way through the end of January 26th and celebrate what God has done. We're not going to look gloomy, but we will celebrate. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by many. So how do we handle this as we go forward? People will find out that you're fasting something. And that's okay to tell them about why you're fasting and what you're fasting for. What you don't do is walk into the workplace on Monday morning, January 7th, and say, Behold, I am fasting from donuts the next 21 days. <laughs> Thou shalt not bring us donuts to the workplace <laughs> till the 28th of January so I can partake in thine delicious bounty. Right? I mean, this is what it's saying. If people come up to you and say, Bro, I saw you weren't eating donuts today. You always eat donuts. You know, I'm setting apart the next 21 days for God in my life. And I'm giving up something in my life that will draw me closer to him. I'm pushing out all the distractions the first, uh, in the, starting the first Sunday of the new year. And I'm seeking the kingdom of God in a way that I never have before to see what God has for me. And then it says, so don't disfigure your faces so that it'd be seen by others. Truly, I say unto you, when you do that, you've already received your reward. Listen, if that's all the reward I'm getting for going without food for 21 days, <laughs> whew, that's not a very good reward. So this is between you and God. When people find out, not if people find out, when people find out, because they will find out that's your opportunity to minister and do ministry not brag on yourself and say, oh, well, you know, I'm just not that spiritual. I'm just not that holy. No, you say, join in with me in prayer. I'm not saying you got to give up any food, but will you pray for me over the next 21 days? And let's see what God does in your life because you've stepped in to walk beside me as I'm doing this in my life. And as we partner together, watch what God does. It's your opportunity for ministry. But when you fast, anoint your head. Wash your face. Amen. Take a shower. Don't fast from baths. Amen. (laughs) Take a shower. Wash under them armpits. I'm telling you, make sure it smells clean. People want to be around you. Why did it say this? Because when they did it in the Old Testament and did it in ways, it actually repelled people from them when fasting in the New Covenant should draw people to you. It should draw people to you. So he said, I want you to anoint your head. Hey, brush your hair. Get rid of that nappy hair. Anoint it. Brush it. Brush your hair. Wash your face. Scrub under your armpits. Make sure your feet are clean. If you're my kids, wash behind your ears. And clean out those ears. 
And then it goes on to say, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others because you're not trying to make a public display of your misery, but your father who is in secret, he's going to take notice. And your, fathers who, and your father who sees in secret will reward you, and some versions say will reward you openly because you're doing it before him to seek him, not to get something, but to get someone, and that's him, his presence in a stronger way in your life than you've never experienced it before. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you as you fast with us on January, beginning January 6th, you can even start at January 5th if you want to, halfway through the day. I don't care. I'm not that legalistic. Just do it with the church for 21 days, and here's why I'm asking you to do it. And here's what I'm asking you to do. God's calling some of you to a place, uh, 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 to a higher place this, this next year. And you're not going to get it until you seek him at a higher level. So I'm asking some of you to, to go on a 21-day fast where you just drink water. <laughs> I'm not going to shy away from it. Some of you, God is calling you to do that. And you're freaking out because you're like, I don't know if I can do it. You're not supposed to know if you can do it. That's why it's called faith. Right. It's called depending on God. Some of you, he's calling you to do a Daniel fast. What's a Daniel fast? That's where you can research and do all you want. The basic premise of a Daniel fast is you're giving up sweets and meats. And you're eating fruits and vegetables and, and just natural products. That means the good white bread that you love with butter all over the top of it. That's a sweet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Garlic bread's twice as good, 20, 21 times better 21 days later. Hallelujah. Some of you, he's calling you that. Some of you, he's calling you to get a, give up your favorite caffeinated beverages and just drink water. And, and, and I'm telling you this if you're giving up the caffeinated beverage, you're giving up the alcoholic beverages too, okay? Yeah. For 21 days and just drink water for 21 days. You'd be amazed at the physical results you get in your body for 21 days. Some of you, because of health issues, you know you can't just give up something because you're not sure how your body reacts. Then I would say, then go to the route of, of, of giving up something like Facebook or television or social media or something like that. But I want to say this. Don't cheap out on these 21 days. If it is a major sacrifice for you to give up Facebook for 21 days, good, then give it up. But you got bigger issues than Facebook then. Because a social media fast, is, it's good for an electronic detox in your life. But I'm telling you, there's more in you than giving up Facebook. Because here's what, if, if all of America was without electricity for over five days, all your phones would be dead, all your computers would be dead, and your biggest issue wouldn't be Facebook, it'd be food and water, and how am I going to survive? <laughs> so I want you to approach it like that. What is it like just to seek after God wholeheartedly? And I'm asking you to, 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 to make a sacrifice because King David even said this in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, when, when he went to make a sacrifice to God, to God, and the guy said, here, just take my field, take the cows, and give this to God. I want to give this to you so you can sacrifice it to God. And David said, it doesn't work like that. I will not give God a sacrifice that costs me nothing because then it's not a sacrifice. And I'm challenging you, not because I want you to fast, because I want you to experience breakthrough. I want you to experience breakthrough in an amazing way. And this is not the beginning of your New Year's diet plan. <laughs> Praise God, it can give you a good head start on it. But if you're doing it just because, ooh, this will help my figure and I'll get a head start on my diet, you're already wrong. We're doing it to seek the face of God. 
And it is a spiritual recharging, a soulish detoxing of who you are, a physical renewing of your physical body. And watch what God begins to do in your life because of it. Now, I want to read this out of Daniel chapter 1 really quick. And why I want to encourage fasting, because fasting and accounts of fasting are mentioned over 92 times in the scriptures. Over 92 times. So this just isn't a one-hit wonder that Jesus went on a 40-day fast and some of the great prophets of old went on a 40-day fast. No, there were times when, when, the, when the prophet would speak or, or when the priest would speak and the whole nation went on a fast. Man, woman, child, and animal. Did you catch that? Man, woman, child. Everything in the nation went on a fast. <laughs> and, and, and I began to think, a baby... 5,000 years ago, cried just as much as a baby today cries. But if that baby didn't get food for three days, what would you be like as a parent? See, are we really sacrificing something is the question I'm bringing up. See, when they would call the whole nation to go on a three-day fast, what was that like? And I want you to begin to pray over the next six days. What are you going to launch into to see God move in your life? And as we read Daniel chapter 1, and guys, in about... In about three or four minutes, I'm going to need that video to be ready to be played, okay? So when I get done with this. And it said, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem to take it over, to besiege it. And the Lord gave the king of Judah into his hands. So God gave the king of Judah into the hands of his enemy, is what the Bible just says. And with some of the vessels of the house of God... And the other king brought them into the land of Shinar and to his house where his God was and placed the vessel in the treasury of his God. And the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youths without blemish, good appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. So this is explaining many of the people in this room. We got a lot of wise people in this room. We got a lot of people with good appearance, people endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent, and all these things. But these people, even though they were endowed with all these things, were being taken into captivity. And I'm afraid in the nation that we live in today, in the society that we live in today, that we got a lot of amazing, well-qualified people to do work in the kingdom of God. But we've been taken captive by things we shouldn't be held captive to. But even in the midst of captivity... You can turn the tide of your life and of the nation. Now listen to this. And it says, The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the wine that the king drank, and they were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Heniah, Mishael, and Azariah, the tribe of the tribe of Judah, and the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hanai he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved, verse number eight, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that the king drank. And I want to stop right there. The fast that you go on, it's a resolution in your heart, in your spirit, that I am going to do this no matter what the outside world says, church world or secular world, I'm resolving in my heart to do something 
that's not going to defile myself with the king's food. The king's food is the food that was sacrificed to idols and false gods. And he said, I'm not going to do it. The king's wine is the offering that they would bring to sacrifice to idols. And he said, I'm not going to drink anything that's been sacrificed or given as a gift to an idol worship of any kind. And Daniel resolved in his heart, it says, And so with that, it says, he resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor. When you stand up for God, it may seem like all the world's coming against you, but only God can give you favor in the midst of an unfavorable kingdom. Listen. The nation of America is very unfavorable towards Christianity. Not as bad as others, but it's getting worse and worse constantly. But only God can give his kingdom favor in the midst of an unfavorable ruler. And I'm not talking about our president. I'm talking about the the things that go on, the spiritual forces, the principalities that the Bible talks about. Only God can give us favor in the midst of an unfavorable season of the nation that we're in. And notice how I'm calling it a season, not an eternity. Amen. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you are in worse condition than the other youths of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So the guy over Daniel's freaking out saying, if I don't make you eat this food, you're going to look puny and scraggly and he's going to have my head. that's, That's about the way it went down. And it says, then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hanai, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. 10 is the number of testing. Test us for 10 days. Let us be, that's why the tithe is also a test. It's a 10. Okay, just that's a side note. Have fun with that. Test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and only water to drink. This is where the Daniel fast comes in. No meats, no sweets. Just give us vegetables and water. Okay. And, 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 and water to drink. Let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants accordingly to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and he tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh. Now, some of y'all are thinking that's counterintuitive. I planned on losing 20 pounds after the first of the year. Now you're saying I'm fatter. Listen, fatter in their days was considered a blessing from God. Okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. I could go down a whole long rant of stuff on that. And fatter in in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and their wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. These four youth, this is what God gave them. God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. See, some of y'all are having to learn a new computer program at your work. You, you want to apply it to today's society. This is what it's talking about. He gave them wisdom in all, wisdom and learning in all skill and in, in literature and in wisdom. He's going to give you a ways to, to make things happen at your work where it brings recognition to you. And Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. Praise God, he's still speaking like that today. At the, at the end of time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them. Among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hanai, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them he found them 10 times everybody say 10 times times. remember the 10 days equals the 10 times 
the 10-day test that you may be going through gives you 10 times greater. <laughs> Come on now, that, that'll get you excited. Better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, here, here's the... Here's the benefits that you're fixing to get from when you fast. And I'm going to run through these real quick because God's given me something that I want to share with you this morning about next year. And so when you begin to fast, here's what I want you to decide. Step number one, be very specific. Line out before the fast what you're actually going to fast. So when you're five days into the fast or ten days into the fast and the testing comes, you're not freaking out saying, did I really say? <laughs> oh, believe me, it gets like that. I remember into that 40-day fast, it was day 7, day 13, day 20, day 21, day 28, day, um, day uh, what was that, 35-ish, uh, that, that I was still thinking, did I really say I would just drink water? <laughs> did I really say that to myself? I must have been crazy. You're absolutely right, it was crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. But I was questioning my spe specificity of what it would be. Well, pastor, you know you could squeeze a little lemon in that water. No, I couldn't because I, I resolved not to. It was just water. No vitamins, no supplements, no nothing. Just that great, wonderful Martin Springs water that runs through my house. That's what I'm drinking for 21 days. <laughs> or bottled water. So I drank that for 21 days. And the funny joke in our house was, hey, dad, do you want your water hot, cold, or lukewarm? <laughs> right? It was funny. People ask, hey, why'd you buy him a hot water heater? Well, he only have water three ways, hot, cold, or lukewarm, and I wanted some hot water at times, right? And so with that, I want to encourage you with that. Be specific, and, and please download this message from the website or the app so you can get all the details because I don't have time to hit them all. Uh, spirit, fast as a spiritual commitment. Daniel 1.8, Daniel resolved or purposed in his heart that he would not defile God. Step number three, reflect inner desire with outward discipline. See, one of, the final, the, one of the last fruit of the Spirit mentioned is self-control. And for some reason, we want to have all the fronts of the fruit of the Spirit, but not the end. We want the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self Now, we're just... No, but, but discipline yourself. Reflect inner desire without outward discipline. What that's saying, how bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to fight for it? See, I know of a lot of people in the church today who want to have the want to do it. They don't really want to do it, but they want to have the want to do it. So with that fight for that inner desire that's within your heart to get what God's calling you, and there's a ton of stuff. I'm just reading you the step points here. Pray to perceive uh, sin's role in your life. See, there are things that we believe that we've been taught from a kid that have been many times lie-based thinking that the enemy has put there that we think is gospel, and therefore we read the Bible through the lenses of our shortcomings, and the Bible says all have sinned, which is falling short of the glory of God. We'll pray that God would reveal to you any lies that you are believing that have given the enemy open access into your life and close those doors. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, God may actually have you shut down your social media accounts after the fast. Surely not. Surely not. He might. It may be an open door for the enemy to keep running ramshot over your life. I mean, geez. Fast as a statement of faith to others when they notice it. Step number six. That was step five, fast as a statement of faith. Step six, learn the effects of food that you eat. 
why some foods are good for you, why some foods are not good for you. Just learn the effects of when you drink um, um, 60 ounces of water a day and you begin to flush out your system, the effects that it has on your life. Yield all results to God. Yield all results to God. And this is where I want to go, and this wasn't in, in the message, so I went really fast through that. So download the notes. I know Pastor Jeff's going to make great devotionals about this all next week, so follow along in those. But here's what I believe God is telling us as TWBC for the year 2019, and it's this. It's Mark chapter number 5, and it's verse number 36, and it says, But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, and this is what I want. It's only five words. Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. I believe if God is giving us five words for the year 2019, it's those five words. Do not fear. And do not fear or do not be, for, uh, do not be afraid is mentioned 365 times throughout the scripture, one for every day of the year. Do not fear, only believe. And this is where I want us to go. This, this past Christmas, my wife gave me the greatest gift I believe I will appreciate this gift more than any other gift that she's given me in the history of my life. And it's this song that, that, that has transformed my life in, in so many ways. And she got it put on a, on a canvas. And what it is behind it is the sound waves of the whole song. And they're going to play this song for you in just a minute. And it says, the one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me. Moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear. Is silencing my every fear. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. And you'll hear the rest of the song in a minute, but it's the whole lyrics to this song on this canvas. And I, and I want to tell you this, that in the year 2019, I'm believing that he's going to be in this church, the God of miracles. Yeah. And this, is, this song will be, our, will, will be our anthem for the church. And I'm not saying we're going to sing it every Sunday, but I'm going to listen to it every day for 365 days. I mean, I do it anyway, every day anyway. <laughs> Why? Because I want to start my day off like this, believing he's the God of miracles. Believing he's the God who's going to show up when nothing else would, when nobody else would, when nobody else could. And so with this, this is how we're going to end service today. So, so um, guys, I want you to play this video. And when they start talking, there's going to be a certain point that I interrupt. Don't stop the video, but just hit mute because when they start singing again, I want us to go back in. And that's going to be the altar call part of the song. Okay, so in a minute when I say, uh, when I tell everybody, Hey, uh, ministry workers, if you would, go ahead and stand where you're supposed to stand. That just means get up and go. And, and staff, I want you to be ready to go and stand all along the outside as well with your spouses. And I'll need everybody who's equipped to work the altars, elders or staff, to be ready to pray with somebody. And if you are a staff member, a worker, and you need prayer, well, go get prayer. Okay, this isn't leaving you out. You need to go get prayer first so you can pray with other people. But here's what I want. I want it to, to, to begin today to lay it all on the line. Okay, I want us to lay it all out there. And I say, this, I say this periodically, but I believe it's so true. If you do not see a different pastor every two years, you need to fire me and find a man of God who will grow so much in Christ that he wants to change literally before your very eyes. 
And I mean that with all my heart. And my elders hear this all the time from me. If I am not growing so much that the church cannot physically see me change and transform before their very eyes, fire me and find a pastor who's hungry. And I mean it with all my heart when I say that. And we all clap and applaud and we say, we want the God of miracles to show up. But when the God of miracles shows up, will we be ready for him to be there in the midst? Because a lot of people wanted the Messiah, but when the Messiah came on the scene, they ran from him. When we declare that the God of miracles is going to show up, it's going to bring in a lot of people who need miracles, not a lot of people who are already fixed. <laughs> do, do you get that? Next steps is not in place for no reason. It's getting us ready for a lot of lost, hurt, broken, and dying people to enter the doors, to start them on a discipleship process so they can understand that their fulfillment in the kingdom of God is here at the Way Bible Church, and we're going to move them into a place from lost to the presence, from, from orphans to sons and daughters, with a mandate on their life to draw them higher than the drug addiction that they're in. And we want to applaud the God of miracles until people unlike you sit next to you. So I'm just saying, when we're, we're, you got to take your stereotypes off your mind. When, when we say God of miracles, <laughs> what, what does that look like? Oh, because I want him here. Guys, would y'all go ahead and play that video? Guys, if you would just lower the volume to the video, just leave it playing until... Jeremy Riddle gets back on and starts singing and then bring it back up. But here's what I want us to do. Um, Derek, can you go ahead and get the kids and just have them bring on in? Parents, when you see your kids come in, I want you to grab them and I want you to get together as a family and pray that this year would be a year of miracles for you. If you don't have kids walking in, I want husbands and wives to get together and come to the altar that this year would be a year of miracles for you. I want you guys to stand with me that this year is the year of miracles, that the power and the presence of God would show up in ways that we've never experienced before. I know because Slade and I coach soccer together. Man, Slade, I'm believing for miracles in your boy's eyes. Man, I'm just believing for that miracle. And I want it to happen this year more than anything for Slade and Kendra. I want it to happen for their eyes. So the blind eyes see right before our very eyes as a church, as a testimony that God is still a God who heals. And I know there's some people in here who you've been praying about having a baby, and, and I want this year to be the year that you conceive and have a child. And, and I'll never forget, three years ago I was in Rome, Italy about this time, and I met a guy, and him and his wife had been praying for a child for three years, and they just posted on Facebook uh, last week that they're about to have their second child and they're naming him Joel. <laughs> and I don't say that to brag. I don't even know if they're naming the kid after me. And gosh, I hope not. <laughs> Lord, help them if they are. But I remember praying for that family and two other families and all three of them have kids now. And that's not because I'm so great. It's because he's still a God of miracles. He's still a God of miracles. But you know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of going to hospitals and praying for people and watching them die. I want to watch them live. I'm tired of preaching about and reading about stories in the Bible and telling everybody how real and, God and true God is, but us not experience it here for our very selves. When you come in with a head cold, and just like Jesus laid his hands on 
Peter's mother-in-law, and she was immediately healed and got up to serve. I want you to come in with a head cold and God heal it. I want people to walk in that they're on their deathbed and God heal them. And I want us to fight for the anointing of God above any distraction that would keep it from coming. And now look, all around you got people ready to believe with you for miracles this year. You know what, I'm still believing for financial miracles for the church. That new facility is not too far off, and I'm believing for financial miracles to make it happen. You know what also is in my heart? I'd love for us to plant another church this year. You know what is also in my heart this year? I would love us to go to three services this year because there's not enough room to have it in two services any longer because Gamel said it best, the family's getting so big. But are we willing to put it all on the line? Do we really want it or do we just want to say that we want it? Because when you put faith on the line, it's going to take some work, as James says, to go along with it. And will you walk with me in the midst of the confusion? I don't know what three services look like. I don't know what planning another church looks like. I'm still trying to figure out this church. But bless God, he's blessing it for some reason. But there's people lost and dying all over this region that don't know Jesus Christ. And it seems like every church is fighting over the next church member that left another church to come to our... I want the lost to come in and us to experience the power of God. What does it look like to put a door hanger on every door in our community that says we love you and you're wanted? I don't want to do it through Facebook. I want to do it in person. Jesus touched the hearts and lives of people because he was among the people. And I want this to be your year of a miracle. But I know this for a fact. I want you to lay something on the line as well. Because some of you, you're very lost this last year with somebody else's miracle for the next year. Because this isn't true all the time, but it is true some of the time that you, you, you won't walk in an anointing until you've gone through the overcoming to get there. You know, me and my wife pray for people all the time to get pregnant, and they do because we understand what it was like not to be. Because sometimes you never have the compassion that it takes to see somebody to rise up and walk until you couldn't walk. And I'm not saying it's like that all the time, but a lot of times it is. So some of you, you're wondering why you went through the trial of last year. It's to set you up for getting restoration this year, but also to be the catalyst for somebody else's miracle next year. And so I know this, that, that we got about four minutes left. And I want everybody to stand to your feet. If you got a child up here, come get with your children, fathers and mothers, and go pray with your children. And let's begin to believe that he is still the God of miracles. And with this is done, who's ever closing the service, MC, and come up and close out the service. But with this, let's believe God for miracles. And guys, if you just crank that volume up and rewind it a little bit if you have to. <laughs> but I want us to believe that he's the God of miracles. And go and pray with somebody. Go and begin to step in and intercede with somebody. Go begin to believe for your miracle this morning. 
This isn't hype. This isn't fake. This is the power of God. We're calling on the name of Jesus Christ. By that name, all men must be saved. By that name, he's given us. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus, we're calling on the authority that you granted us, what you died on the cross for us to have. So now we believe that you are the God of miracles and presence of God. Enter this place. Transform marriages this morning. Transform families this morning. Bring in the miracles that people have been believing for for years.